It is time for a new seminar where we get a detailed expert analysis on some of the most pressing social issues of the week. Joining us from Hongik University's College of Law, Professor Cho Yi-kyung. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Professor Cho. We're going to talk about an interesting case uh, that it was politically charged, also kind of socially charged, but also had some interesting legal questions as well. And that was the recent news reports that President Moon decided to withdraw a complaint, a legal complaint, against a man who in the media was termed as oh, this young Cheng Yun, right? This uh, 30s person uh, for distributing pamphlets that contained um, very insulting or derogatory remarks regarding the president. The police had decided to refer the case to the state prosecution office. Uh, there was a backlash to this, and the Blue House ultimately withdrew the complaint because of the fact that um, they decided that uh, this uh, idea of Nero Nambul was getting too too much, um, I guess, heat on them. Overall, I, I guess we can look into the legal and social aspects of all of this, but what was your kind of overview in terms of what happened and, and this sort of confusion that people have? What is defamation? What is slander? And, and what is insult? Um, what's going on here? Right. So the uh, the incident itself actually happened uh, what uh, almost two years ago, back in July 2019. But it only um, came uh, to to light uh, again recently because the police had, after two years of investigation, decided to refer the case to the prosecution office with the recommendation that the the man. Uh, a thirty-something-year-old uh, Kim uh, should be indicted on the charge of uh, criminal insult, and that got reported. And as a result, uh, as you said, the Blue House actually got a lot of backlash uh, about it because uh, criminal insult is a crime where the victim needs to make a direct complaint. It's not something that the prosecution. Uh, or the police can start an investigation uh, off their own back. Mm. And so people started speculating, well, does this mean that the president actually decided to, uh, you know, uh, press charges against this this young man? Uh, and they, you know, sort of um, recalled back the time when he was still a candidate uh, back in uh, 20, early 2017, 20, uh, when he appeared on a talk show, a political talk show, and, and actually said that one must uh, basically, you know, as a leader, you have to take any criticism that you that people have for uh, those in power. And, you know, he actually posed this rhetorical question, isn't it a good thing if people can alleviate their own anger by simply criticizing people in power uh, and not sort of resort to violence or something like that? And so they were pointing out the fact that he was practicing double standard. But I think overall, uh, one, the president was rather badly advised in, mm. in um, actually bringing this case to uh, to uh, or to the police or have, having it investigated. Um, now, the spokesperson for the Blue House explained that it wasn't just about personal derogatory remarks uh, targeted at the president. The pamphlet actually contained uh, comments about other ruling party figures, including the late former Seoul mayor and also the current uh, chair of Nong Hyun Foundation. Um, but 
the the Blue House basically said, well, it wasn't really about the president uh, himself, but uh, how the the pamphlet contained material from uh, you know very uh, right wing Japanese uh, magazine, mm-hmm. which was really derogatory of uh, Korea as a whole, uh, and so um, they felt that this is something. Uh, that would uh, be, you know, insulting not just to a person but to the the statehood or the nation itself, and that's why they did, they felt they needed to make this uh, uh, case uh, a, a, an issue uh, and sort of explain that you know the president have endured and sort of you know born with fortitude lots of derogatory remarks made about uh, himself in the past, etc. But right. you know, still, that wasn't really convincing, I have to say, um, and. I haven't actually seen the pamphlet itself, uh, but um, judging from what's reported in the media, I do question whether you know that would actually stand up to scrutiny. Uh, perhaps of more concern was uh, what they call indecent or pornographic images that were also carried mm. in the pamphlet. But if that had been the case, I really think uh, that they shouldn't have used the crime of insult to go after this man. There are plenty of other uh, cases that could have been made against right. him, such as distributing indecent or pornographic material uh, in public, which is a crime uh, uh, on its own. And if you look at other examples of uh, former presidents being uh, criticized and what they did in the past, they also reacted, I think, in a bit more clever way than uh, the Blue House had done in this instance, uh, and sort of, you know, got a more effective result um, in that way. So one famous example that most people remember is this Brett 20 poster. Mm. Um, Back in 2010, when uh, Korea was hosting the G20 summit, um, there was, you know, all of a sudden this kind of uh, stenciled images of Brett started appearing on electric pylons and walls around its district in Seoul. And this was obviously satirizing the former president, Im Young-bak, who was uh, sometimes called a rat and portrayed as a rat. Um, and the man who actually you know, made those images were late, was later charged and convicted and fined, but not for the crime of insult, but uh, uh, for damaging uh, property or public right. property. Uh, but, you know, everybody knew that the, the true intent behind uh, the charges against him and we also have, uh, you know, also in relation to former President Park Geun-hye, um, several cases, but one that sticks in mind is where the well-known uh, civil rights artist Hong Seong-dam had painted a picture that was actually going to be exhibited at the Gwangju Biennale, which portrayed the former president as a scarecrow initially, but then he got complaints uh, from the organizers of the exhibition, so he changed the scarecrow into a chicken, <laughs> although he protested that, you know, this was, <laughs> this really sort of um, failed to deliver the message properly. But then they protested about it again and refused to show the picture in the end. Uh, and so in that case, uh, the Blue House uh, didn't need to use any kind of you know, threat of criminal prosecution even, um, and just managed to basically pressure the, the organizers of the event to uh, make sure that the picture was not shown at all. Uh, so, you know, in neither of the cases, this crime of insult was new, used to quash the criticism, but the means that were used was much more effective. Now, 
Why did uh, Moon decide to, you know, actually press charges of the on the crime of insult? I mean, it's really questionable, um, and so I I can only think that he was just badly advised. Um, and there were some reports that it was really the recently newly appointed um, secretary for political affairs, uh, Itoli, who really persuaded Moon to drop the criminal complaint. Uh, probably sort of, you know, being much more aware about how it could be portrayed and perceived and used as an ammunition by the opposition to attack uh, the, the Blue House and the ruling party as it actually happened. Um, and so I think it's just well, although it was a bit late, uh, that uh, the, the Blue House and, uh, tr- decided to drop the charges. Right. So the... the in- I don't think it's really a question of whether the the president is too thin-skinned. It, it seems like his skin is plenty thick. He's, as you say, he's been un- undergoing these uh, horrific insults for, for quite some time now, even dating back to um, before he became president. Even very high-profile um, protests uh, in Kwangamun with the uh, Cheong Gwanghun pastor and even uh, other prominent political figures uh, leveling a lot of insults his way. It seems like there was a bit more umbrage taken at this uh, individual Kim, the, the so-called, the, the guy who's portrayed in the media as the young man in his 30s, where he's actually kind of known to be a, a right-wing provocateur. He's a, a senority party operative. He actually ran or tried to become a proportional or a representative at one time for the National Assembly. And he's uh, you know he, he's he's a very right wing individual who uh, I suppose takes a lot of umbrage at um, the um, anti Japanese sentiment. He he seems to be very much um, th- that seems to be the hill he likes to die on with the uh, kind of putting forth the Japanese interest on there. So there might have been sort of uh, a personal distaste to this one individual to go through this legal um, avenue. It does seem to yeah, highlight you- the fact that um, conservatives are much more effective at using. Uh, wielding the levers of power in, in in effective ways that don't really lead to as big a backlash as this sort of, as you say, bad advice or heavy-handed way that they did, right? You are absolutely right. You know, uh, the, um, uh, the the man who was charged, uh, Kim, is often portrayed in conservative media as just an innocent protester who is not unhappy with yeah. the current administration, but is uh, completely sort of an insider uh, within the Conservative Party and um, all all their sort of, you know, um, <laughs> I, don't know I don't know if I should say machinations, but uh, right. he's certainly a provocateur, as, as you say. Um, and so he was no innocent uh, protester, but... Uh, as to why Moon reacted in such a sort of, you know, um, uh, heavy-handed way, there is some spe- speculation as to um, the fact that the pamphlet also mentioned his father, mm. uh, Moon's father, and his role and, uh, you know, sort of allegations that he was also... Uh, the pro-Japanese collaborator Japanese. meme that they've been trying it, it, to exactly. Yeah, smear exactly. him with. And so he might have been, Moon might have been particularly... Uh, uh, you know, insulted, or he, he took umbrage with with that, and he decided, well, I I um, I can stand whatever that's thrown mm-hmm. against me, mm-hmm. but no, I'm not going to take uh, you know people sort of um, uh, smear, smearing the reputation of of my father or my late father. That might have been something that triggered uh, his his um, pressure points. I don't know, um, but as you say, uh, the conservatives seem uh, much more clever in in using the 
the the uh, structures of power and right. um, you know other levers to muzzle uh, complaints uh, or protests that are directed uh, towards them. But um, having said that, it, it's not just uh, those in power who sort of exercise that. I mean, um, more recently, so this is under uh, Moon administration, a <clears throat> There was a case uh, at Tanguk University where a group of conservative university students had put up, uh, you know, this like the large poster, Tejabo, uh, criticizing uh, the the government, so Moon administration. Mm. And <clears throat> despite the university not having actually made any complaint uh, itself directly, the police actually came and investigated and uh, eventually charged the student who had put these posters up, not just in inside the university, but around the university, with yet again uh, damage to property, and I think he was made to pay a fine eventually. And so again, uh, in that case, the crime of insult was not used, uh, but you know some other method was used to uh, you know essentially sort of try to kind of uh, muzzle uh, complaints or protests. And so. Um, it's uh, just the fact that you you can be actually charged with this crime of insult could have a chilling effect on uh, people who want to make a protest. But uh, whatever uh, government is in power, uh, those who sort of want to carry favor with it uh, may sort of do something of their own bet to Mm. try to, um, you know, Bottom line is, and the reason why you brought this um, issue to our attention is not just the issue revolving around the president or the politics of this, is the insult law itself. You feel it is anachronistic. You feel it is uh, something that uh, should perhaps be abolished here in Korea. Um, What would be the comparative way to look at it uh, in in how other countries like, let's say, the United States handles it? Well, you know, uh, in in the U.S., uh, the crime of insult simply doesn't exist. You know, if you asked a, a, an American legal scholar about crime of insult, you could be going, well, what are you talking about? I mean, the concept itself is actually foreign uh, in, in um, American law. And someone has actually described the law of insult as a kind of a living fossil mm. that preserves features that date back to the pre-modern era where, you know, you, you had aristocracy, class, and very definite uh, social hierarchies and lower classes having to pay deference to upper classes, etc. And there's even some research that the law of insults actually grew largely out of the old, you know, dueling practices mm-hmm. uh, among the European aristocrats. And so um, we've inherited this law of insult as part of our criminal code um, from Germany, mm. obviously by Japan. Uh, and a lot of people defend uh, this crime of insult uh, alongside criminal defamation as uh, being something, you know, that that is important to our society because we we tend to, we Koreans, tend to value our honor and reputation so much, you know, that it's so important to us. Right. And certainly, you know, if you look at the fact that we have some, what, seven or some even say nine different levels of honorifics in our in our speech, uh, it does show that, um, you know, sort of 
kind of social order and uh, showing deference or respect to others is important in our culture. Mm -hmm. But yet again, uh, we have got rid of this sort of, you know, um, stratified class structure uh, in our society. We've you know, gotten rid of this sort of distinction between Yangban and Sang, uh, yeah. well, Sang <laughs> And we're supposed to be a, a democratic society. And so, you know, uh, I would pose, pose the fundamental question, why would we still need this uh, remnant of an old aristocratic law uh, in 21st century? Uh, you know, century um, modern-day Korea, because the way that the law of insult is actually interpreted and applied uh, in Korea is actually quite different from uh, the way it's used uh, in its origin uh, mm. in Germany, for example, where um, the law of defamation protects your reputation, how you are, uh, you know, thought about by other people, how you are portrayed, uh, you know, in your social circles and, um, you know, what other people think of you. The law of insult is actually supposed to protect your honor and dignity. And so uh, in Germany, even if the insult is actually only heard by you alone and not anybody else, it's still actionable. Um, but uh, in Korea, the way the law of insult is interpreted is that it has to be made public. Mm -hmm. And so if you're simply insulted on your own and you're feeling, you know, awful uh, and upset and insulted and disrespected, that does not, not actually constitute a crime. But um, the difference then under our law between defamation and insult is that uh, with defamation, you actually have to make a kind of an allegation, allegation of effect and whether it's a false fact or true fact, that sort of determines the severity mm -hmm. of defamation. But with insult, you can simply, you know, string a, a, a sort of, you know, <laughs> a lot of invectives together. And we don't have to actually make any allegation of facts. Um, you can simply uh, swear at a person or make derogatory uh, comments without any kind of basis uh, in fact, and that's sufficient to constitute insult. But then we have to ask, well, what kind of legal interest is the law of insult protecting? And what does it do that uh, defamation wouldn't do, apart from um, the fact that you can uh, press charges against somebody for simply swearing at you uh, without actually having to make any allegations right. of fact against you? Uh, because, you know, for me, at least, if I see or hear somebody uh you know, making that kind of insulting derogatory remarks against another person without any basis. You know, I think less of the person making uh, mm -hmm. uh, such comments, you know, insulting somebody else rather than the target, uh, him or herself. And so um, the, the way that the crime is actually interpreted and applied in our law doesn't really make a lot of sense. We used to have um, insulting the head of state as a crime, also a legacy from German law. We've gotten rid of that. Uh, and I think it's really high time that we have we get rid of this crime of insult from our legal code as well. Yeah, it does. Uh, the way you lay it out, um, it does look like something that is uh, usually utilized to punch down. So it's, it's not really uh, where the, the average Joe on the street is something uh, that can uh, benefit from this. It's an anachronistic law, and uh, I think uh, you've clearly uh, given us the legal case of why this no longer should be on the books. 
question is, legally speaking, is one thing. Politically speaking, is there a political will to get rid of this? Uh, there are a lot of legislative priorities uh, by these lawmakers, uh, real estate regulations, um, uh, things dealing with uh, prosecutorial reform, uh, economic relief packages. I'm not sure how high on the totem pole this will necessarily be uh, in terms of um, priorities, but uh, it is good to have this discussion and to bring it to the public awareness. Professor Cho, as always, thank you very much for the analysis and look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. That was Choi Young from Hongik University's College of Law. We're moving on to part four. We've got uh, TM Views and TM Future up ahead. Uh, before we do that, let's get our final check of traffic and weather.